Welcome to this Niche AudioCast. My name is Will Patch. I'm the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader here at Niche. Today you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen on the go. You can find all the resources that are mentioned, as well as the original recording, on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz insights. Enjoy! So first off here, I think we just have to ask the obvious question, right? About whether or not the brand name and recognition matters. Um, I think the fact that you're here instead of another session likely means at least some part of you thinks that it does, right? And besides, if I, if I came up here and I said, oh, no, it doesn't matter. It'd be a really short session, which, you know, I think would be a little bit of a bummer. So obviously, yes. You know, I think that, that this brand name really does matter. And we're, um, you know, last year, 14% of students said that the college's name recognition is very important to them. 55% said that it was somewhat important. So we're looking at over two thirds of students saying that, yes, I think that a brand name that I recognize, others recognize is important when choosing where I'm going to apply, where I'm ultimately going to enroll. Uh, we're doing an update of that uh, this, this spring, uh, doing a joint survey with Jeremy Tears from Tutor Collegiate Strategies. That's coming out in April. It's running right now. Uh, so we'll have some updated data on that as well. But yeah, I mean, of course, it's not just brand recognition though, right? You know, there's a lot of institutions that students and parents know, but there has to be this other lens that's applied to it. So while you're just being bombarded with brands they know, you know, I, I want to talk about a lens here. I don't want it to just be a lens that we mention in terms of how students and parents approach their search. I, I just want, if I can preface this with one thing, everything we talk about today, I want you to hear, I want you to think about, I want you to go back and brainstorm through a common framework. And I think I hear someone saying, what framework is that? Thank you for asking. You know, I think that framework should be relevance. Everything we do, when we're talking about branding, search, communications, everything has to be surrounded by relevance. And you hear a lot about personalization. So what's the differences there? When we talk about personalization, that is the process or act of making something particular to an individual. You know, if I said, hi, Chanel, that's personal. I'm speaking to her. Relevant, though, is taking it that step further. Personalization is a bare expectation. That's your foundation. Relevance is that condition of being relevant, connected to the matter at hand. So you're speaking to them about what matters to them, not just saying, hey, I know your name. I know what major you're interested in. I know what high school you go to. You know, you're taking it a step further and making it connected to what they're doing at that time and about the things they really care about, about their fears and concerns. So we asked about half of seniors said that the communications they're receiving from colleges all look and sound the same. You know, there's nothing that stands out, nothing that differentiates them. Only 7% said that they feel very personalized. So that's a lot of room for improvement. And you have a tremendous amount of information about students. So your emails, especially emails, mail, text, digital ads can all be highly relevant. You know, it's, it goes beyond just merging fields too. It's the visual elements that can reflect their interests, the call to actions. You know, the landing pages can really be built to speak to the students that you're targeting. All that it can be done just takes an investment. It takes planning to lay out the work. It takes time. You know, I think that it has to come down to building a process so you're doing it little by little. You're not trying to tackle this massive undertaking all at once. So how do we do all this? You know, I think it requires, and if you've heard me speak in the past year, you've heard me say this, you have to be in the right channel, right message, and the right time. And when I say time, I don't just mean time of year. I mean the right year, the right stage of your funnel, 
Um, don't forget the parents need the same thing too. And they are definitely part of that nurture process. So what makes an institution stand out? You know, what makes you actually matter to your audience? I'm going to highlight three things you should do and then talk about some of the perspectives from both students and parents and what they're saying that differentiates them as well. So the first step here, you have to be relevant. You knew I was going to say that though, right? You know, you have to speak to your audience about what they care about, when and where. Uh, a great thing you can do is also let others speak for you because they're more likely to trust their peers. You know, if, if I'm just sending you things constantly talking about how great our school is, okay, that's great. But if someone else has a conversation with them saying, hey, I went to this college, I, you know, I took a visit there, it was awesome, that speaks more. Uh, so students and parents need to know who you are, your brand, you know, why that matters to them, that's the relevance. And there's two great ways you can do that, storytelling and proof points. Um, we actually just put out this past week a playbook. Uh, we're doing a series of playbooks this year. Big part of my job is just creating educational and professional development content. Um, so we're doing a series of playbooks. First one is specifically on just storytelling and proof points. Uh, so, you know, storytelling, you know what this is. It's experiences told through a lens of your community. Proof points, that's the quantitative, the qualitative Think of them like bullet points, quick facts. You know, what can you pull out in a conversation? Where do they differ? Proof points, they have to be short and punchy. You know, they're easily integrated into emails, print pieces, digital ads, social posts, in conversation. They're your talking points. They're easy to memorize. Stories are going to be longer. You can make them standalone, uh, but they should also have these elements of your proof points as well. So they're all supporting the same elements of excellence and differentiation within your brand. Two ways that you can do this, these third-party sources, are reviews and rankings. You know, these are things that matter to students. They matter to parents. Um, they say over and over again, it's a good starting point. They want these things. Uh, having other people advocate you is a great way for your institution to expand their reach. Uh, you use them in your paid media. So think about digital media, digital ads, billboards, uh, things like that. Your own media, so your website, social, in conversation. These are ways to signal what other people think about you, about your institution, about your programs. And they're this starting point for families as they research. They want to know, you know, anytime you make a big purchase, what are you doing? Same idea. You're looking for, you know, what are my starting points? I want to see how other people reviewed this item. I want to see how, how it ranks and compares to others. And from Trustpilot, they did some research on the use of reviews and marketing and found that when a brand used reviews, they saw an increase in organic search click-through rates. So if you have it as part of your description for a web page, they saw a 275% increase in traffic. Emails that had reviews in them had an 18% engagement increase. The big payoff, uh, in my mind at least, because these are just vanity metrics if they don't take the action, you know, conversion rates increased 2%. For us, that means enrollments, right? That means applications, that means visits. So think about what that means. 2% might not seem like a lot, you know, only 2%, but let's look at this example. Let's say that you're using some traditional outreach. You get 5,000 accepted students and a thousand of those enroll. So a 20% yield. It's not unheard of, right? If we say a $20,000 net tuition revenue, that's a $20 million class. Now let's add in some reviews and see what 2% would do for us. Adding 2% more, that's 1,100 students. That's $22 million revenue. So that's a $2 million increase just by using some reviews, having other people talk about you, share their experiences. 
So that small piece, that small 2% can make a big difference. I always recommend start testing, you know, start running some experiments in your ads and your emails on your print of including these pieces and see what happens. Run some AB tests. Second thing you can do to stand out, be an answer. So the students and parents really need to be able to easily learn more about you. The harder it is to get to some core questions I'm going to talk about here, the harder it's going to be to earn their consideration. There's a lot of options out there. And the more work they have to do to figure out who you are and why they should care, the fewer students you're going to see ultimately applying and enrolling. So I think there's four core questions here. I, I leave out what because what is they want to get an education, right? So I think we can leave that out, right? The four key questions here, you need to be able to answer in your marketing, in your own media, on your website, social, in-person. If you can answer these four without someone having to go searching hard for them, you're going to earn their attention. So that who, they need to know who you are, what your culture is. What's it like to actually be a student there? What am I going to be surrounded by? You know, where are you going to be close or far? You know, what's the campus setting like? Is it really a college town or is it a college in a city? You know, what's, what's the environment, excuse me, what's the environment like? They want to know more about what they're going to be setting foot on. Why should they care? That's a big one. What stands out? What differentiates you? If you go out and you say, we have small class sizes. Well, I hate to tell it to you. Every college says they have small class sizes. So, okay. What actually, oh, we have caring professors. Everyone says that. So what actually differentiates? Uh, and then the when and how that's going to be your deadlines. That's going to be what's considered in making the decision. You know, how do you decide who gets in, who's going to get the scholarships? They want to know what that process is because they need to know right off the bat, am I likely to be admitted or is it going to be, uh, I might have a 5% chance. I'll go look somewhere else. So think about these four questions. If you can answer these easily, if a student can get these answers or a parent can get these answers, you're going to be in a much better position. You need to stand out by being omni-channel. Omni-channel means an integration of channels. That means doing more than just being everywhere. It means being coherent everywhere. It doesn't mean just do the same thing everywhere. You know, you have to have that cohesion of if I'm looking at, at this college on social media, am I getting the same messages, the same proof points? Do I have the same feel as I would on their website, on their print pieces and their emails and conversation? You know, you don't want to have that whiplash of completely different looks and feels and messages everywhere. So take social media, for example. If you post the same thing everywhere, there's no reason for people to go to more than one platform. But if you reuse content in different ways across different channels in ways that take advantage of the strengths of that platform, you can create a true omni-channel experience that feels more like Easter eggs or, or, you know, or additions to the story you're telling. You get little different pieces everywhere so they don't feel like they're seeing the same thing all the time. You're going to stick in their mind. You have that repetition, but it's not like seeing the same ad every time when you're watching something, right? Think about when you, when you watch TV, what stands out? The same coherent campaign over time. And there is just so much content that they're already con consuming. You know, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, those are the top right now for students. Uh, you know, they're having the constant streaming with Twitch, Netflix, Hulu, and others. You know, then they're getting all their normal emails, plus all the emails from colleges. Now they're going through the search. You know, parents are in the same boat, but you can add in Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. There's a lot being thrown at you all the time. So how in the world do you differentiate? And then 
you layer on top of that, you have ads across all these platforms and search on websites and apps. If you want to stand out, there has to be a consistency that you can quickly identify as, oh, here is this ad, here is this post, here is this video from a college. And, oh, okay, I remember seeing some of that before. Can I build on that? Can I continue to learn more and not feel like I'm just getting the same thing every time? So I wanted to throw out an example here. Um, uh, you know, I think Ivy Tech's doing a, a great job with this. So I don't know, is anyone in the room from Ivy Tech that can give a shout out to you? No? Okay. Uh, but yeah, You just can't see them. There's two here. What? There are two here. You oh, just okay. can't see them on the camera. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job because when I see Ivy Tech anywhere, there is a very cohesive feel in the messaging and the visual identity and the, the, the copy. I mean, everything feels very coherent in the same campaign. You're not confusing people. You're building on that story. You're teaching, you're, you're enticing all within the same message. You know, I always say you don't have to be everywhere, but you do have to be consistent everywhere that you are. So don't think about, well, we have to add this social channel because students are using that now. Well, okay, let's, we don't necessarily need to keep adding more and more and more, but we need to be consistent and we need to be valuable. We need to be able to provide a consistent experience that adds value for them. Okay, so moving into the student perspective, we have this foundation now. I wanna dive a little bit deeper into what students are saying and what they need before we move on to the parents and guardians. I, and, and I should I should have prefaced this earlier. We always throw out parents, but in reality, it's parents, guardians, you know, it's just a placeholder. We need to get better at doing that. Personally, I know I do, but how do we speak to the people who are helping them make the decision? So with students mentioned earlier, it has to be about the right message on the right channel at the right time. So when it comes to students, they need to hear what, matters to them. So telling a sophomore to apply is the wrong message at the wrong time, right? Calling it noon on Wednesday during February is the wrong channel, definitely at the wrong time. You have to think about what do they need to hear, when, and where can I reach them? And, and I always preface this when we talk about messages, it doesn't matter what you want to say. It matters what they need and want to hear because you want them to apply, right? You want them to visit. But if that's not what they're ready for, it doesn't matter if that's what you want to keep throwing out. If they're not ready to take that action, they need different messaging. So every year we ask about important characteristics. Uh, we stopped asking about financial aid and whether or not they have the major, because those are always 100%. So assume that those are the most important things to students, financial aid, whether or not you have my major. Beyond that, the most important things here were safety. That's top of mind for students. Is it a safe campus? Uh, and safety means a lot of different things. Uh, you can see in, in some of our research surveys, we've asked, how do you define safety? Uh, and then you get, of course, physical safety. Is it safe for me as a woman? Is it safe for me uh, as the LGBTQ plus community? Is it a safe place to ask questions? You know, do I feel intellectually safe as well? Or am I going to um, feel threatened for speaking my mind? Um, you know, so assume these things are most important followed by clubs and activities. They want a diverse campus. They want to be able to see themselves there. They want to be surrounded by people different than what they were used to growing up. So these are the sorts of things that really matter to students at a broad scale. One of the things you should definitely be doing though is keeping fields in your CRM where you can track what matters to these individual students. 
you know, just because safety is number one overall to most students doesn't mean it's number one overall to Kevin or Susie. You know, how do we go about making it relevant to that individual student? So there's things that you can do at scale, but there's a lot of things that need to be very personalized as well. So think through your funnel here. Personally, I like to think of it as a, a conga line because you can move up and down. Someone might apply and then lose interest and then you have to re-engage them. But, you know, for the sake of everyone's used to talking about a funnel, we'll talk about a funnel. Thinking through a traditional funnel, you're planning out your communications. Start with the building awareness. They have this desire to learn more. Move them on to how to interact once they have started engaging with you. You know, what changes then once they apply? How do you meet their needs and address their concerns once they're accepted? And then how do you keep that affinity they've built once they've enrolled, whether that means registered, whether that means, you know, pay their deposit, whatever that means for your institution. So the awareness stage, these are people, think of them as your prospects. They, they're, you know, they might not know who you are yet. They need to know who you are and why that matters to them. And again, that's that relevance piece. They might have passing knowledge of your college or they might not have ever heard of you and they're just a purchase prospect. I always say, don't propose on the first date. That means if it's a prospect, they're building awareness. Don't tell them to apply first thing. Don't tell them to visit first thing. They need to be nurtured along. They need to be informed. They, you need to get to know them and they need to get to know you. You know, if I, if I just walked up and proposed to someone on the first date, that's creepy. So just think about what type of interaction you're having. You have to earn their attention. You have to earn their trust. You know, when you're thinking about the channels, think about digital ad campaigns that are building awareness, not necessarily driving back to your application or to a visit form. You know, think about how do we get them to want to learn more, to sort of opt in or opt out and decide if we are a good fit for them. You know, you can email them, of course, if you have it. If not, there's other routes. Mail. And then on niche, we have ways uh, with, with your profile. A lot of students, we had 27 million students coming to the site researching colleges. There's a lot of places like that online that students are doing their search and researching. So how do we get in front of them and help them find their best fit? When we talk about engagements, this is your inquiries. They've started engaging, whether they came in through an inquiry form, whether they're a prospect who opted in to learn more, you know, consider how they came to you and what you know about them. So if they came in through an inquiry form, for example, on an academic page or an academic landing page, speak directly to that interest first and with relevant stories and proof points. If I can pull out my soapbox a little bit here. If I'm someone who fills out an inquiry form on, let's say, a biology page, and I say, yes, I would like to learn more about this college. I mean, that's exactly what an inquiry form is. It says, I want to learn more about, and it's on a biology page. And your first response is, apply today. That's not what they're asking, right? They said, I want to learn more about your college, specifically on the biology page, that first autoresponder, your first communication should be about the biology program and then get into the rest of the college, other related programs, financial aid, all that. And then, you know, throughout have, if you're ready to apply, here's how you do that. Here's the steps, what you need. If you want to come for a visit, meet with professors, you can do that. But if someone says, I want information and I want information about your biology program and you say apply, you're not answering their question. You're not meeting their need. And I can tell you from doing secret shopping, this is 99% of responses. So work on that, okay? Uh, work on having an inquiry form for every program page. Think about how do you respond based on the sourcing. 
I'll put away my soapbox. It, it's, it's such a little thing that can make such a huge difference. <clears throat> Once the students have been engaging, that's when you can start promoting the application. You, again, nurture, a nurture campaign. You have to be nurturing, right? You have to be growing interest. You have to be meeting their needs. You're building relationships. You're listening to them. And then invite them to apply if they haven't already chosen to do so. And students are social and they can lack confidence on their own. So be sure to reaffirm that interest as well. You know, think about if I'm the only one of my friends who's interested in this college, talk about connections on campus, about new experiences, how you help students really adjust to the college life. Because, you know, even if you grew up in a college town, I grew up not far from Purdue. I still didn't really know how to make that adjustment. It's a big step, stepping foot onto a college uh, campus from the community even. If you talk about the right channel, ask about their preferences. How do they want to be contacted? You know, there's some things that have to go out by mail, have to go out by email, things like that. But if a student says, I want, to be, I want my primary to be text, I want my primary to be a phone call to my parents, uh, I want my primary to be uh, you know, an email, speak in that channel first. Uh, do remarketing. You know, once they've been engaging on your site or once you have them in their system, you can do some custom remarketing campaigns and really provide relevant information in apps, on websites, and search that speak to them directly. And then again, on niche, on niche, we have a lot of great ways of engaging with students who say, I am interested in this college. Other platforms will do similar types of things. So you always have ways off your own site to keep engaging students. Once they've applied, applicants need to know what their next steps are. But don't stop at just building affinity and, and think about, these sticky connections, guide them to completing their application. Don't expect them to know what they're missing and how to submit it. You know, on average, students said they're applying to five colleges uh, with over a quarter saying that it was more than 10 colleges. So that's a lot to keep track of. Don't assume just because someone applied, they know everything they need to submit. You should be also at this point gain to know them, what's important to them, what are their must-haves? You know, what are their concerns? What are their barriers? Use that to build more connections on campus. If a student says, hey, I'm really passionate about theater. Connect them with theater students. Connect them with the theater director. If they're really interested in athletics, most likely they're already in connection with a coach, but don't assume it either. Can make those connections. Um, you know, when you're talking about channel here, make those personal connections. Really, once they've applied, it needs to be much more personal uh, with their counselor, advisor, whatever your terminology is. Use their preferred channel again. Ask them how they want to be communicated with and remarketing again here. Keep building that affinity, keep staying top of mind. Because if you're one of five, one of 10, one of 20 colleges, don't assume just because they've applied that they're going to keep learning more about you. And once they've been accepted, there's much less that you can do sort of this scalable outreach, just these blanket emails. You have to get much more one on one, but they still need to find this sense of community and belonging. I mean, this is a big step. Don't take that decision for granted. So, financial aid here is still their most important consideration. And this is when you can really talk turkey, right? You can get in front of them uh, and, and really talk about their scholarships, their full financial aid package after October 1st. You know, what, what are we looking at in terms of the full process? Is this going to be the right fit for them? So again, it's more about personal connections, how they say they want to be communicated with. And again, remarketing here. Once they've enrolled, they made that decision. Don't let them melt. Reaffirm their choice with stories, with connections, with reviews. Uh, we've had, we do a lot of user interviews and we've had a lot of students say, yep, I deposited, but I keep coming back to read more reviews and make sure I made the right choice. 
you know, make sure you're addressing any late concerns, any barriers before they prevent success, before they become a problem that the student doesn't show up in the fall. Help be that guide, help be that mentor, connect them with others on campus, you know, and again, right channel, broken record, same idea here though. The other piece here, the college visit and that experience is changing. In our fall survey, only 45% of seniors said they would definitely visit a college campus this year. So for the class of 2021, a third didn't visit any college prior to enrolling. So how, do you, how are you showcasing that experience without that core recruiting tool? Uh, actually, just yesterday, um, I had a great conversation with Ben Slomsky from Kent State, and they actually took their campus visit experience on the road. Uh, and we have a, a podcast episode of that and the Enrollment Insights podcast. But he talks about how they took this thing that they suddenly lost back in 2020 on the road to these outdoor venues. How do we make it feel like you're on a campus visit in that student's own community? Uh, they've seen amazing success. The yield rates out of those events uh, were over 70%, which I, I couldn't believe. We had to fact check it. But yeah, that, it, it's a great thing to find ways to bring that visit to them, to make this core recruiting tool still meaningful. You know, another issue here with the lack of in-person experience, it's not slowing down students' decision-making process. You know, 23% of students said if they can't visit any campuses, they're not going to delay making a decision. They're not going to wait. They're not going to push the decision back until they can. They're still going to make a decision here in the spring. So that's, that's a decent number there. Think about how do we make sure we're getting that similar experience to all students. So how do you stand out to students who aren't going to visit or haven't visited? Uh, you need to be where they are, whether that's in apps, online, in their community. Find ways to still let them experience what your community is. Build advocates. So use your students. Uh, use your alumni. Use your, you know, build people who can talk for you. So you don't have to be doing everything all at once. You know, I don't know how many people doubled their number of staff. I'm guessing probably none. So if you can do the same basic thing by adding students who can be advocates for you, who can speak for you, that's going to be a tremendous experience. And make sure your culture is visible everywhere on social, on your website, in print. Showcase who you are. Having a postcard that's just your primary color apply today shows nothing about what your, your campus culture and community is. You know, tell stories, use proof points, have lots of photos that showcase who you are. Okay, the parent perspective now. Are parents involved? Absolutely, extremely involved. Uh, when we surveyed parents this past fall, 88% said they searched for college with their child. 12% did the search for them. That's triple what the number was in 2020. That makes me a little worried, but, uh, you know, it's just reiterating that parents are so involved in the college search process. They need the same attention as their child and they have similar priorities too. You shouldn't just be copying everything to the parents. You need to have specific nurture campaigns built out for the parents, email, print, remarketing. How are you getting in front of them? A common thing I hear though is, but how do we reach parents? We don't know how to reach parents. Here's some very easy ways. The number one way, the way that I've had success, ask the students, just ask them, you know, how can we get in touch with your parents? Do you want your parents receiving these types of information? You know, and most of the time, yeah, they do. They don't want to play telephone. You know, I, I don't, I have kids. I don't know how many people in the audience there have kids. 
if you're asking your kids, hey, what'd you do today? Hey, how's this going? How often do you get lengthy in-depth responses? If so, you're really lucky. Uh, so have opt-ins on your side as well. Have ways that parents can, while they're researching you, opt-in, say, hey, I would love to receive parent information uh, by class, this type of information, what have you. Uh, have digital parent campaigns. So have digital ads focused to parents where you, you can get in front of them and build awareness and ultimately affinity. Use print effectively. I have to always say that effectively. You know, provide relevant, meaningful information. Uh, don't just send out a print page that says visit today. Here's our visit events. That's, that's not giving them the why. They know they can visit. That's not new information. Give them the why they should visit. What will they get out of it? Not just that, but here's our community. Here's what we do to help develop your child. Here's how we help make them successful. Here's how they will thrive on campus. Here's how they're supported on campus. <coughs> Give them the reason to learn more. Uh, and then start at the prospect stage. Don't wait so late that the students, the parents who are involved in that initial search, you know, by the time, if you wait until they've applied or, um, or accepted, you're missing a huge chunk of that nurture process. So big four metrics here. We asked uh, parents these four numbers that colleges like to tout. We asked them to rank them in terms of importance for evaluating a college. So shout it out there. What do you think parents said was most important? Let's hear some shouting. We heard job placement. Job placement. Well, for parents, they said the most important thing was graduation rate, followed closely by job placement. They care most about, will my student even get through? Will they graduate? You know, will they get a job then? I think part of that is that everyone thinks they will get a job. No one thinks they'll be part of the people who don't. Uh, so that would make sense. Then acceptance rate, and then finally retention rate. They're not that concerned with what retention rate is. I think it goes to that same level of confidence of, well, my, my kid won't drop out. My kid won't transfer. Uh, so when you're thinking about communications, talk about the outcomes first. They want to know job placement, grad school placement, graduation rate. How are we helping students thrive in college? We ask parents what they want to hear about as well. What's going to make you stand out to them? Like students, we stopped asking about financial aid because that's always hundred percent saying that's very important. Um, safety again, number one for them. Then the second most important were rankings followed by clubs and activities. They want to see, is this a place that's okay to send my kid? Am I going to feel good about them being there, you know, hundred miles from home, a thousand miles from home. So think about how you're messaging your support systems to parents. A big one here, since financial aid and cost is most important there, the conversations need to happen early surrounding financial aid. Don't wait until after they've been applied or been accepted because the parents have a role in deciding where the student applies. Right. And remember that 12% of parents who did the search process for them, if you're not talking about affordability to the parents early, that's 12% that you can probably count out. Uh, we always ask about price sensitivity. So when we did that, 73% of students said that they eliminated colleges wouldn't consider applying based on the sticker price. It went down a little 67% of parents said they wouldn't consider a college if the sticker price was higher than what they considered acceptable. Um, and the ceiling for what they considered was acceptable was higher for parents than students. But this should still really highlight why affordability should be a talking point before that application is submitted. You know, how do we get in front 
uh, of this before it becomes an issue. And a second reason here is all about equity and access. Only 78% of responding parents said that they submitted a FAFSA, and that number didn't significantly increase for low-income parents, only ticked up 1%. And, and so you need to talk about what the FAFSA does, how easy it is now. You know, yes, there's verification. Yes, there's all sorts of other issues, but let's get in so we can start talking about affordability and aid early. You know, if they reported not submitting a FAFSA, we went ahead and asked why. And this was from a parent with five kids who reported a household income between 25 and 50,000. She said, I didn't understand it. I didn't want anything complicated. Okay, but this is something that's someone who would definitely qualify, right? You'd be gaining some aid there, but uh, I felt it was too complicated. Now think if someone, while their kid was a junior, had been talking through what it looked like, what it meant, how to do it, sort of pull back the curtain on how easy it is now. Let's do this early so we don't have this situation happen year after year. All right, what did we learn here today? I think, again, the three things I want to focus on, we need to be relevant, stand out. We need to be an answer. Those four questions we need to be able to answer. And we need to be omni-channel. We need to be coherent wherever we are. When we're talking to students, parents, counselors, whomever, you need a consistent message there. So you can go ahead and start submitting those questions. We'll get there in just a second. Um, for those who don't know, I just wanted to talk real briefly here uh, who Niche is. Uh, we support over 27 million students and families in their college search and their grad school search. Uh, we have over 2,300 partners who are helping build these connections with students who are saying, I'm interested. I want to learn more. What is this school? Uh, we do this in a number of ways uh, through remarketing audiences. So students who are coming and looking at you, looking at your competitors, uh, where you have first party data. So we don't have to worry about, you know, some of these list uploads that others have to do. Um, we have inquiries and prospects of so students who say, yes, I want to learn more about this specific college. And that's one of the things that you know, coming from the operation side of the house, I really appreciate is that students can either, they have to opt in and they can either say, I don't want anyone to contact me. I only want the, the schools on my list to contact me, or I want schools like those to contact me. Uh, we're a Slate Platinum Preferred Partner. So if you use Slate, easy integration there. Uh, and then we have a lot of additional resources. Nothing's gated, nothing's paid for any of that. Uh, the Enrollment Insights blog, podcast, webinars, so let's uh, get to some questions here. You can put them in Slido, uh, 807181. Uh, you can ask them here. I think we should be good when we tested it last night. Uh, if There's my contact information as well. Uh, if you want to go ahead and follow up with any questions. Okay, first question here. How can we see what's important to local and community schools? Their priorities are probably different than those going to schools with on-campus housing. Um, so we would be... Uh, there's filters. So if you go to our, our research section of the Enrollment Insights blog, uh, you'd be able to actually, we have tableaus of everything where you can filter and slice and dice the data. Uh, you'd be able to see for this type of school, how did students' uh, behaviors change? So yeah. Uh, any recommendations on integrating the net price calculator into affordability conversations? I love that. Uh, so I actually know um, St. Benedict and St. John's up in Minnesota does this extremely well. One of their ver very early campaign pieces, uh, they do some digital inquiry um, development where they're, they're sending out some digital ads and it links back to a landing page with really just some basic information, the net price calculator. And students then can move through the net price calculator. And if they get to the end and they like what they see, they can fill out an inquiry form right there. 
So that's an easy way to build inquiries and integrate the net price calculator to people who may not have really heard of you yet very early in the funnel. You know, you can do the same thing with prospects, sort of a qualification step of, hey, I know that financial aid is a concern for most students. Here's our net price calculator. Be very upfront about it and say, here's our net price calculator. We offer a lot of aid. Uh, you know, here, if, if you like what you see, now you can go ahead and, you know, fill out this form and, you know, what have you take these next steps. It's a very easy way of just being upfront and not trying to hide it on your side or, you know, they have to go through a number of menus, just a very early email that calls out directly to the net price calculator. You can do the same thing with parent emails. Let them go ahead and get that right away. Um, okay, any insights into how or if admissions should engage with, with marketing on TikTok? Uh, TikTok, so when we, when we ask the questions, we ask it two ways. Are you using this platform? And are you using it for viewing college content? Because that to me is the big piece. Uh, you know, we always hear about, well, everyone's on this platform. We should be there. But if it's not the content they want, okay, let's not do that. Um, the, only, the only social platform where more than half of students say they use it to view college content is Instagram. YouTube is next. TikTok is still way down that list. It's the third, but it, trying to remember off the top of my head, I want to say it was around 20% saying that they wanted to see college content there. So while yes, you can, I think you're better off using your student ambassadors, using student advocates to share their experiences, a day in a life type thing, or talk about their programs, you know, rather than having an official university account, you know, how, how instead do we use people that others would want to actually see there who can tell their own stories, you know, and do some training of course, and, and all that, but you can incentivize it. There's places that do that, but you don't necessarily have to have an institutional or office account to still be there and still share your experiences. Um, so I, I would say at this point, until we get closer to half of students saying that, yes, they want to see colleges there. I think there's better places you can invest that time. YouTube have the videos there, you know, have, uh, have content on Instagram. Cause that's where a lot of students are going to view colleges. And Chanel can help with any questions there if you didn't want to use Slido. Well, thank you all for attending. 